What episode are we actually on? 22. 22. 122. 122. All right. Welcome to episode number 122 of Anna Cafe Sessions podcast. This coffee feels, it tastes really good this morning. Yeah, it's good. You know, sometimes it's just good it's and sometimes it's really it's good. It's so cold outside. It makes yeah. the coffee taste even better. Is that what it is? To warm up. It is yeah, cold outside. Absolutely. Yeah. And it I, is January, so. We were talking about my, I guess some would call it, might call it a coffee addiction prior to uh, coming on to the show. Yeah. Because this before, is like my fourth cup of coffee so far today. Before we started uh, recording, Clay said, I have this big question. Why do I drink so much coffee? Yeah. Do you know the answer? I don't know. The other, other than I like, well, I do know part <laughs> this of This is part, a trick part, question. Part answer is I like the taste of it. The second one is we were talking about anchors and one of the things. Yeah, I think that's that right. Done that's mine too. Is anchored it to when I'm getting ready to sit down and that's do right. something creative or Same. focus on it. So it's almost like a comfort blanket. So. I have it, and it's the yeah. signal to say, all right, If I've to- had too much coffee, there's oftentimes I'll make another one in the hopes that I can drink it, and yeah, but just I kind of sometimes. can't, but I, it'll sit next to me. Yeah, yeah. the smell of I it. I can just hold it. it. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah so yeah, so... Um, that's, that's, that's why I drink so much coffee, but it was just, I, I don't know when I was pouring my sort of third cup of coffee, that's when the question came. I was like, why, why do I drink did so you, much of this stuff? Did you listen to Akimba this week with I Seth's podcast? No. Okay. It's, um, I'm behind on my what, podcast this uh, week. This week is, uh, why did the chicken cross the road? So it feels, well, no, that's not his answer actually. So, um, you know, as Seth goes, he has this whole like convoluted, not convoluted, but like complex answer to the question. I've got a complex answer to that question too. But it feels a little bit like your coffee question. Like Mm. there's no answer. Do you know why the chicken crossed the road? No. To get to the other side. But what other side is the real question? Ooh, that is a very clay version of that. Great. (laughs) I think his, his answer, which you'll also like is, um, that all the other chickens are doing it. Right. Ah, so he had FOMO. Well, no, no, it wasn't about that. It was about culture creation. So how can we, as, um, I've I've had a, I've got a question mark in my notebook and I've been asking several people. I know today's show isn't about culture, but. My question is, how do you change a culture? Well, that way well, you need to listen to this episode. Then. Okay, I yeah. shall listen but to it. But maybe this is also the answer to why do you drink so much coffee? Because yeah. it's the thing to do. Yeah, Although, maybe. no, that's not why I drink coffee. I just love no. it. No, no, yeah. no. Because if I was doing that, I'd be a, a better alcoholic. Say, if and I was not. doing what everybody else would be doing, I'd be becoming a vegan and not drinking coffee because it's not healthy and <laughs> switching to herbal herbal teas conglomeration thing so yeah yeah i don't think so no. <laughs> i'm sticking with my coffee even though i'm sure some listeners out there will say oh yeah it's not good for you to drink so much coffee speaking of herbal tea can i totally go off topic for a yeah, minute and yeah. tell you what i've been doing this week this has been really fun mm. this is my little like side writer project so um in my books in my fiction books um i created a thing called losa which is a um, plant that mm. grows on this island and it grows in rows like t- the tea plantations are sort of where I got the yeah. idea for it and it, it blooms purple and so the next book I've I've written that's just come out is called The Color of Losa and uh, so I found this purple tea all right 
So, and it's a secret. I'm not going to tell you where, although it's the world's biggest river, you know, where we all get everything, but there's, there's purple tea out there. So I'm doing a little behind the scenes, like mixing things and you can get these, um, you know, empty tea bags and make your own tea. So I'm secretly blending my own Losa uh-huh. tea so I can sort of do little fun promos you, you, with my books. Say, yeah, you can have some yeah, so anyone out there that um, has read my books tea. or wants some Losa tea, yeah. just uh, hook up with me on the uh, like old <laughs> interweb. Yeah. A little merchandise action. Very it's good. super fun, though. I'm like, ooh, yeah. I don't know about that. That's a little too blue. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, it's well, been fun. You'll have to, I'm waiting for my tea bag. I want to taste yeah, this yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try it out on you. Wait, it won't convert me from a coffee, no. I doubt it. Same. Yeah. I do like the old um, herbal tea stuff. So sometimes I drink it. Because so, sometimes it is just a hot drink. I don't actually yeah, that's right. need the coffee. But Okay, so yeah. let's move on. Um, You are... Well, make a note. We'll yeah. have to talk about culture because i'm yes curious Check. to know if anybody has the answer how do because it's hard to change a culture but yes okay so this week i think at the tail end of our conversation last week um and i don't even know how it came but it made me think about adventure um so when we were leaving last week i was like we should do a show on adventure itself so and no time like the present yeah so um i kind of started off with my notebook this morning thinking about coming in to do this with just a question of in the pursuit of happiness some people pursue adventure as a means of uh, attaining happiness and so my question is why why here's here's a counter question to that Mm. is adventure the opposite of boredom um no Okay. Yeah. Because I wonder would probably if be the opposite of boredom, excited or something like that. Maybe. But no. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was just thinking that if we we sort of associate boredom with unhappiness, don't we? Yeah. Not that it is yeah, yeah. always like that. Yeah. And sometimes when things have been too crazy, you're kind of relieved to be bored for a little bit. Yeah. But um, I think as well. Maybe that's the sort of association episode here. Well, I think adventure. Where I ended up as adventure is a state of mind as much as anything else. Um, but that can be a really hard thing to just switch into if you feel like you don't have enough adventure in your life. If it's if it's if what we're looking at, because some people equate adventure with traveling and going off and doing these exotic things. Mm-hmm. But then from a state of mind point of view, it's almost like what this this um tart thing with something new something that i don't know and i could have gone with my safe bet but i went with something that was unknown so it's, it's a plum tart for those of you yeah, who are unknown it plays was, a big it, it was the big the adventure for yeah, quite this no, morning but un, unknown is one of the characteristics of, it, right, of an adventure yeah. so you don't really know so a true adventure you don't know what the outcome is going to be if you know what the outcome is going to be it's not much of an adventure mm. and then i'll talk about some classifications of there's different stages of adventure. That okay, might so be. back up for a minute because adventure has been one of your words. Hmm. So one of your sort of big yearly words and it's one of your overall yeah. value words. Hmm. So where does that come from yeah, for so, you? Um, I've got this Helen Keller quote on here. Let me get that out and then I answer your question. Helen, Helen, Helen Keller said, life is an adventure or nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And again, it was a that's about the sort of mindset of how you approach things. Um, so in relationship to. Do you know some sometimes people in the UK don't know who Helen Keller is? So maybe we should just do a bit 
Like, so, so basically yeah. Helen Keller was born mute and um, blind. blind and deaf. And so, yeah, she goes through this whole process where eventually her teacher holds her hand under water and signs water into her hand. And it's this moment when she's like eight or 10. So mm. she's much older that she finally realizes that all these things around her have names and she can start communicating with people. And it's this sort of miraculous story of someone who's yeah. overcome all the odds. So I think, I suppose that's, you know, when, when she says something, it's kind of good to listen a little yeah, bit. No, she's, she's come. Yeah, so again, yeah. again, a remarkable story if, if folks yeah. want to sort of Google that and, and sort of at least go to Wikipedia and get some of the backstory yeah, from yeah. around it. We can include a link in the show notes. Yeah, to, but that's uh, a, that's a, but yeah, it means a lot this. when she says life is an adventure or nothing at all because she yeah. really, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and, I mean, but, and so for a long time I was trying to, that was my, I had that as a ma mantra. Um, it was, uh, it was the thing I was trying to obtain, but I'm probably skipping ahead a little bit because when I was a kid, I didn't know anything about Helen Keller and this, this, well, I did from school, but not this particular yeah. saying. Um, I think, well, two pivotal moments in my life <laughs> where the adventure bug kind of came from, I, I think, what started it all, um, is we moved from inner city to the suburbs. Okay. Of New Jersey. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was in the heart of Newark, middle of the city. Moved out to the suburbs, a whole other world for me. Um, I'd seen trees before, of course, in a park, but I'd never seen woods and big tracks of right. woodland and stuff like that. Um, and the base that we were stationed on, or surrounding the base, was just all this open woodland. Um, so that was there. And then the second one, the one that really got me going was... Um, there's a book called My Side of the Mountain by Gene Craighead George, which is a funny name. When I was when I was writing his name down, I was like, is his name really Craighead George? But yeah. <laughs> it sounds funny. But that book just blew my mind. And I would have read it in the fourth grade. My fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Montgomery, she assigned us to read in it. And essentially it's a story uh, of a boy who runs away from home. And goes to the Catskills where uh, I think his uncle or somebody had a cabin, but he doesn't go to the cabin. He actually ends up finding this big tree um, and makes his own little home inside of this tree. Um, and he captures a falcon. And so basically he's run away from home, moved into you know, the whole adventure of finding a place to live, getting a, this falcon to help him to hunt and his connection with the all the animals and the and the mountains and the, uh, all of all of that stuff. And I was like, wow, and my, my mind was just blown by this book. Um, and so then that's all I wanted to do was go out adventuring. So then that's when we started venturing out into um, the forest, you know, and, and finding different animals and hunting. And I don't know, it was just, it was mad. It was a mad time in my life. And, and that's all, you know, as a kid. And as I, I think I've said time before in the podcast if my mother knew the places i got up to and the adventures i did go on to out in the woods she would have been she would have locked the door she, she would have been mortified and the worst part of it which you know i'm here so it's good if we had something that had to happen no one would have known where to find us so that was probably that's that's the that's the downside of that story for 
So don't try this at home if there's any kids listening. Because <laughs> they would have never, they just yeah. would have never found I me. Mean, we were, my, and we were in, yeah. I don't even know how we didn't get lost, but we, because we didn't have map and compass. We were just, whoosh, and we were just gone with, oh, there's a little river way. And we would just start following this riverbed and see what happens kind of thing. But yeah, anyway, so those were the two, two sparks um, that set me in this space of, uh, wanting to do adventure and from there I stumbled upon heroic fantasy novels and so I was reading those and that's all plays on that motif of the adventure and the quest and yeah and so you know I was just attracted to wanting to do that to the point where I wanted to run away and join the French Foreign Legion and um, I just started collecting anything and everything and watching all the adventure movies um, and and the draw, and then maybe that's what your question is, what was the draw for that, I think, is just the, it was the unknown and the, and the drive to go and find out what's there. Okay. That, yeah, so, I, yeah, it was just pushing that boundary of the sort of unknown. And I guess all the idea of it, the excitement that you get from that, the excitement of not knowing where you go and the adrenaline that you get when you're in that kind of space. So, you you know, you have... There's a sense of just being alive and in the moment, you kind yeah, of there, yeah, yeah. and and yep. and and yeah. So it was just something that I kind of crave, and hence I decided to go into the military to have the greatest adventure of all. <laughs> um, was it the Navy? It was the U.S. Navy that had the, their slogan for a while was "It's not just a job; it's an adventure." <laughs> all right. But I didn't go into the Navy because you know I didn't want to do boats. Although I did like the sea; I love the sea. Was I talking to you about my nostalgia period I had not too long ago about the sea? There was something about the there's something about the sea when I used to go to the sea and just look out and I just it just makes me want to just go. Maybe you need to learn to sail and just sail off. Yeah, it's just it's that going out into the distance and just going and seeing what's happening. How are out, you a seasickness? No, I'm fine with well, it. Well, there, there yeah, you go, doesn't, you're fine. It doesn't, doesn't bother me. But, but it was just the romanticism of going out um, onto the ocean, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, the, the, the army thing was, you know, my chase and after adventure, which it was quite a big adventure for me. Um, but there was that whole sort of, um, well, there's the whole war side of it. So it's not as romantic as the books and movies make it sound out, out to be. 100% pure adventure, but not as... You can't, you're not, can't have, well, you can't have, you're having fun. <laughs> it's hard. It's a weird thing to yeah, yeah, kind of explain because, yeah. I mean, when, you know, there's not death and destruction happening, the stuff is quite exhilarating in and of itself. I think it was uh, one of my favorite quotes that I always um, spout out is um, during a battle of, um, I forget whichever battle it was, but it was during the Civil War, basically, and Lee... General Lee and General Longstreet were looking over the battlefield. And I'll have to Google the, the reference to this. Um, and Longstreet says to him, it's a good good thing that war is so terrible. At least we would grow too fond of it. Yeah, right. I've heard that quote before. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and reading that in the books, that's one thing. But then when I was in the actual environment, you can see how come, because you can get addicted to that. You know, we always want to live in the now and all that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's the easiest way to <laughs> yeah. to live in the present and the now and every you know, in your here and now and everything's alive. Every sense that you have is alive. Um, and yeah, it has its own addiction to that feeling alive. Whereas, you know, I guess 
in our normal working lives, we're pretty much, they say we're in a trance 90% of the time of the day because most of the stuff you do, you're not thinking about it because you just do it. You drive to work. You're not thinking about how to drive or what you're not worried that you're going to. Yeah, you just you just yeah, get attacked on the way to work. Yeah. yeah, and it's only when something jars us out of that track that we might take notice. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So that's um. That was. That's part of my story in relationship. And to, so, what's to what's your question? Like standing where you are now yeah. in your life, what's your question about adventure now? Or your sort of well. Feeling so about it. Coming out of the military, as I said, so I I came and did the sort of civilian thing. And then I think that heightened for me how much I actually love that thing, um, the aliveness piece and feeling alive and all of that. Yes. And that's when I kind of discovered um, the sort of adrenaline sports. junkie. Yeah. yeah. So your sort of adventure sports. So I got into that just to re- recreate. Um, that experience again, that experience of sort of life, death moment. And, you know, you, you have to be present because you yeah. make the wrong decisions and, you know, that's it. Death, injury, <laughs> that kind of thing. So you're kind of like, ah. Um, and yeah, and so I was kind of chasing after that aspect. But then the whole spirituality thing comes in as well. So while I think some, you know, have you ever watched the movie Point Break? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that whole spiritual side of mm-hmm. adventure as well because there's... Oh, a, that's a great movie. I'm yeah. going to watch that again no, now. No, it's a fantastic movie. That was like a time in your life when you watched that a bunch of times yeah. because it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so there's that connection with yourself, connection with others. I mean, the fastest way to bring people together is to go on an adventure together. Like even when I take people up, when I do that Snowdonia thing, and it's mm-hmm. only two and a half days... But the bonds that form from that because of the, you know, and, even, and then that environment is, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's relatively tame. Yeah. But because it's in a foreign environment to them and they have to depend on each other, their trust and the bond. Well, you know, I think anybody that's, you know, I've had quite a few experiences of, of traveling. So my mm. adventure stuff has always been to go traveling yeah, yeah, other places. Yeah. And um, so I did that with um, my best friend in high school when we were 18. We, I mean, I sort of, I, I mean, I can believe my parents let me do it because we were responsible. But 18 years old, we flew across the ocean, got on trains and just yeah, spent yeah. five weeks, you know, and back in the time when you couldn't call home every day and you yeah. just sort of called home every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. What's so, that? so that was a big adventure. And then. I feel like more recently, my big adventures have been out going into India mostly Hmm. and being in places where you are just in a very different, different world than the one that you grew up in or the one that you're used to. And, and you don't know what social cues are and you don't, you know, you're not part of that culture and, uh, everything's strange and exotic and different. Although there's some similarities and sameness, there's a huge difference in the in the way that those things are presented to you or, or yeah and I think you're right you do sort of learn a lot about yourself and you also questions come up in your mind that you don't necessarily have to address um because those situations don't come up yeah, yeah. before so um yeah I, I find do people know. get attracted to the sense of being a, a, alive like I did 
this 10-day adventure race in Kinabalu. But it was mainly, you know, a bunch of people that work in big, giant companies. And you put the team together and right. you go out and you do this race. And the amount of people that quit their jobs when they got back, which is crazy, um, because the taste wow. that they got was the fact that, um, you know, time, you know, we're all, we talk, we had an episode about time. Well, after, and you'll find when you go on the Camino, after about three days, time doesn't mean anything to you anymore. Right. It dissolves. And so you have a whole sense of just kind of being where you are and doing what you're doing and yeah. living in the jungle. So, so many people quit their jobs when they come back and it's like, well, this is for them that this feels that felt like living. Then yeah. I come back and I go back to the city and I start going and doing the everything's the same day in and day out. It's the same. Then yeah. that feels like I'm a, a zombie just kind of going on the, the, the treadmill. And so um, a lot of them, yeah, they quit and decided to sort of live in quotation marks. It's a, I always wrestle with that. It's like, well, like when you go when you go on holiday, we have a different attitude and you're doing some of the same things. You go out to restaurants, you're eating, <laughs> you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah. But for, you know, it has a whole different feel to it than when you're doing it at home. And then yeah. you think, well, if that, and you sit around on your little chair and you think, oh, this is the life. And it's like, well, only doing why? that two weeks or three yeah. weeks out of the year where why not live 52 yeah. weeks out of the year where you're saying every day you're like, wow, this is uh, this is life. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think it was, you know, it's those powerful experiences that awaken you to yourself, awaken you to others and the environment around you without the sort of artificial time constraints and pressures on you and, and focusing on things that when you're when you're in that space and I guess is what the light bulb moments for people were going off as it the stuff that they were doing back at home wasn't really that important it seems important at the time and right. you're all stressed out about stuff but when you put it in perspective it doesn't really stack up to anything it's yeah. just yeah. something you know yeah so it was like well how do I have a a fulfilled or meaningful life what what does that mean and i suppose that's another question isn't it in terms of you know life what is what is a fulfilled life about and what does that sort of look like um there is a book another book and a movie they turned it into so you can watch the movie but the book is what yeah no yeah both were good. The book's better, of course, always, because you can go into more depth. Um, in fact, it started out as a nine, there's 9,000 word essay, but it's one by um, John Krakauer. Um, and What's it, the book called? It's called Into the Wild. It's a story about Christopher McCandless. Um, and I can relate to him 100% totally, because I think even as a kid, I suffered from that same sort of um, feeling like being born out of the wrong place and time. You know, yeah. Didn't really want to do what everybody else was doing. You, know, you mentioned about the chickens because everybody else is doing it. I was always kind of the outsider in my world growing up and I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. Yeah. And I resisted that, you know, and thinking that way. Yeah. And of course, you, you know, from your elders, it's like, oh, yeah, he's got his head in the clouds, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I just, didn't like any of that so you know my mo my motivation was never you know I want to go make a lot of money and, and buy yeah. the big houses big cars didn't really care didn't really care about brand clothes nothing it's just like I just want to go have it adventures well this guy was like that so, um and essentially he 
goes does goes does so the college he, thing. Yeah, he went yeah, to university, he, did all that sort of stuff. Very smart guy. I think he graduated second in his class at Emory University, but quit and then just disappeared. Because he only went to it just for his parents, and then that was it. But then he tore up all his ID. Um, set his car on fire, just disappeared basically. So nobody's seen him, and he just wanted to go live this life of simplicity. And, and the Henry, yeah. uh, Henry David the Rose book features a lot because he quotes it a lot, wrote about it a lot in his journal. Um, yeah. So he just wanted to go live this life of simplicity, to go back to the wild and just live like a natural man. Um, so that's what the story is about him heading off to Alaska, where he was going to go and live like a. Like a real man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, his is a case of, of there's that and then there's stupidity. <laughs> well, see, I can't watch that film because yeah. it makes me too angry. Oh, because if I mean, I've watched it, I've seen yeah. it, you know, yeah. but I just get really, really cross because yeah. there is, like you're saying, this complete and he's young, you know, so I mm. should have more compassion to him. And I, of course I do because, you know, it doesn't end well for him, but, yeah. um, so I liked his idea, but yeah. his idea of not using his brain, as in if you, I don't know if they say this in the movie, but they might believe they don't, but in the book you realize that he didn't need to die. Oh, yeah. Um, but not because he was there, but because if he had had his map, remember he left his, he threw away his map because he wanted to be to totally independent. He would have saw right. just like, you know, less than a mile away from where he was at, there was actually a cabin that trappers use and have it stocked in case you get stuck. I mean, so he had food, water, abundance was right, right near where he was. Also on the map, he would have saw, you know, when he went to go across the river yeah, yeah. and was flooded, he only needed to keep walking a little ways down and there was a little bridgey thingy cart, cart to take him across. So that's what I mean by... Yeah, you know, there was that, see, yeah. Was for me, of... it's like I think when you're off on adventure, you know, if we go back to like the hero's journey thing, yeah. you sort of there's the wise man, man or woman that sort of approaches you and gives you information that you need on yeah, that journey. Tools, yeah, yeah, and and I feel like there's if you throw that back in their face yeah. that's sort of you'll pay for it well exactly and also mm. it's it's almost as much a rejection as rejecting the call to adventure in the first place isn't it mm. because you're not like you know there's that quote like we stand on the shoulder of giants you know yeah. like human humans are alive because we've relied on each other because we're bonded to each other because yeah. we've learned from each other over generations and, and there's sort of a deep respect that I have for that. And, and I, that's what I really love about sciences. You know, I really love their reverence for the, their, the people who have figured stuff out before them. You know, yeah. it's the same kind of thing that in a way that spiritual practitioners have for the teachers that came before them and, and sort of learn techniques and, and can pass on wisdom stuff to them. You just build on just a think, collective knowledge, yeah, don't you? that's yeah. right. And just to sort of throw in your face the sort of wisdom of the ancestors, and and just think, I don't, you know, it's one thing to want to go back and to a simple life, yeah. but if you, you know, nobody was off on their own, yeah, you yeah. know, and certainly not without being excessively trained yeah. by their elders before they were sent off. Before they do this, so thing. yeah, I just kind of I felt yeah, sad for him because like there's. You got to prepare for your adventure. But now know? if we go back to Point Break mm. 
And um, Brody says, it's not a tragedy dying doing what you love. That's right. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, although yeah, yeah. it ends bad for him and we're looking at it. But he goes, he but, he, but he knows he's not coming yeah. back. That's his thing, yeah. isn't it? He sort of sees yeah. the day and he goes and, you know, and then, and then he died. Yeah. But that was that. But, you know, in some ways you can look at it and say, although it was a short and some people would say tragic life, but, you know, you get other people who live yeah, a yeah. very long, long time, but they never really do anything and their yeah. life is quite, they haven't lived their life, yeah. as the sort of saying goes. They're already, they're dead men walking. <laughs> so what <laughs> is sense. it about adventure? What is adventure? So, um, I mean, there's probably a number of different definitions, but partly it is around going into the unknown. So stepping outside your comfort zone, Somebody, whatever that comfort yeah. zone is. And generally there's an element of risk and death to it. And the greater that risk and death, the greater the adventure, the more intense the adventure is. Right. Um, I'll skip over my list of things that adventure brings me just to kind of, there's a, a book by Colin Mortlock. It's called The Adventure Alternative. And he explores some of the benefits that come from seeking the way of adventure in the, in the life and what that, that sort of um, framework is. And he, he has this like four stages of adventure, he says. So there's the first stage is called play. So there's, you go and you'll have fun, um, but there's no risk, no fear. Um, involved and, right. and it's 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 fun. I don't know. You go and play yeah, yeah. volleyball or something. I don't know. Then there's class two <laughs> adventure, which is where most people will do go and, and they're sort of weekend. So it's a slight chance of you know you go mountain biking. Right. Uh, I'm going to go out and do some traveling. Yeah. Um, see a different land, a different country, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so there's an element of risk. And a little bit of element of fear, but it's not as controllable. So basically yeah. saying in, in this class two, um, you're within your skill set. You have the skills to cope with the unknown or cope with right. um, things that are, have come that gets thrown at you. Right. Um, and then you've got the sort of stage three. And this is where I like to kind of hang the sort of frontier inventory calls it. Um, and this is where there is a high risk of of you know death injury and um, so you have to your your sense of self-reliance and your skill set has to be really high mm-hmm. because this is margin, like the climbing everest moments come yeah. climbing to the everest or you know that kind of stuff yeah um where you know the fine line between something going wrong and then that's probably going to be generally it for you in that sort of sense if not serious injury than death um and it's going to tax your skills as and it's going to push you either up to or just past your skill set where it goes wrong is if you get do get pushed way past your skill set then it goes into stage four adventure which is a misadventure this is where it's out of control you have no control it's beyond your skill um and you just so in into a, the wild you're into well into the wild he yeah his was just he mis- had the skill. i would categorize <laughs> that as a misadventure <laughs> it ended up as a misadventure yeah it did because it went wrong when he ate the bad stuff to make him his poison um so yeah so then you're in that sort of space so oh, he says you know if you do survive you probably learn a whole lot as well from a misadventure but generally you want to be in categories two, two or three, three yeah 
um, on that set. So if you really, really want to push yourself, it's the sort of category three adventure. Um, and I was just thinking, yeah, so what, what attracts me to adventure? And for me, it's about the sort of self-reliance piece and uh, challenge. So from a self-reliance, when you, especially when you do sort of category three, I mean, you're kind of out there. And you have to depend on yourself and your skill set and your decision making and you have to be present um, at what you're doing. Um, you don't have time to be thinking about what's for dinner or any of that sort of stuff. You're kind of there. So for me, that's the most intense and most it's the most intense, most spiritual, most alive that I feel when I'm in that sort of space because I'm actually living, <laughs> as, yeah. as you say. Um, yeah, and it's just sort of spiritual connection with self in that aspect, you know, especially you know, when I'm out and you, everything that's around you, you depend on the elements, you, as you were saying about the hero's journey and, and the wisdom of the elders, the mountain, you know, all that sort of stuff you have to, you, have, you, you, you rely on that. So there's yeah. a connection there. There's, a there's another there. really sort of powerful and interesting thing that happens, I think, when you go on, a, on an adventure like that. Because in our normal lives, we, we not only feel in control, but we feel like we don't really have to rely on too many other people to just sort of do the things that we need to do. Mm. But when you're out on a real adventure, you realize that there's a lot of situations where you really rely for things on other people. And sometimes it's strangers, you know, sometimes you're lost. You have no idea where you are and mm. you really have to rely on this other person who maybe you don't even speak their language to help you or, you know, get you to a hospital or, you know, just, you know, there's all kinds of things mm. that, you know, you trying to make a train or, you know, trying to get somewhere that you need to be and you need, people to help you do that so so that would i would you know so i would push that in because i have my other one i have on here is connection connection with self and others and i would probably classify what you were describing there is that connection with other people that's right you really have to to, and you have to sort of you have to give over a little bit of the control mm, you have on your life mm. and really put your like faith and trust into strangers Mm. i think that's a really nice feeling you know when usually it comes off okay you know yeah so and i think um you know when you do the whole sort of connection piece in that aspect so yeah, if you're doing a sort of a urban adventure and that you know you're out in that sort of space and you're connecting with the people around you you can come out of your bubble like if you they say like if you want to do experience travel in its fullest you know traveling alone because then you're completely having to emerge in your environment mm. versus if you traveling with a friend or a group then you you know you guys have each other and you've got people to confide in in the nights and drinking your beers and that that sort of thing um but on a sort of trail the sort of connection with others um comes from if you especially in your sort of category three adventure. and like a shared experience type well of it's thing. a shared experience but also if you're lowering me down a cliff i have to i'm literally putting my life into your hands so there's a trust that and a deep trust because actually we're relying on each other yeah. in that environment and i'm literally saying here i trust you enough to you know, lower me down or to, or, or on this rope or I'm trusting you to be in this boat with me in this class three rapids that we're going to do that you're going to do your thing. You're not going to sort of freak out. So yeah. um, you have to rely on each other um, in that sort of sense. So it kind of 
brings you together. And then there's something about the um, adversity reveals character. So when you're in these situations where you, you know, things aren't known, you don't have control. I can't pick up the phone and say, hey, can you have you like what have you seen? Like when, you know, I'm sure you have all kinds of experiences in the military with stuff like have you had experiences where you've really known somebody and then under pressure they just revealed something that about themselves that you just didn't expect to see yeah no i've, I've come like, can across you give it us a couple a, of times can you give us an and, example of that or could you well, what basically in, in both cases or a couple of the cases that come to mind straight now is just a person just checks out but you need them but they're checked out and they like always, what what does checked out mean um so you're trying to complete a task and they're no longer, they're helping built into you. the task. Right. But they're now not helping with the task. So now you've got the added burden of trying to do their bit plus your bit. And because you don't, we could have just abandoned them, but you don't want to abandon them. So now you're trying to take care of them as well. Right. Um, but, you, you know, you didn't know that until that point. When what, the, what, what? has made that person check out like fear yeah sometimes yeah. it's fear sometimes you know who knows what sort of sets these things off and, and sometimes and i guess it's with this whole revealing character sometimes you don't you don't know it until you're in it it's like we can talk well i want to do this and i'll react like this and I'll, but you're yeah. never really gonna know until you're in it and then it reveals that and i guess that's what i mean by the revealing of the character as in you're going to behave in what is what you are it reveals you to yourself in that sense um in a real in real time i think is what i put on on my note here you you, it's in real time (laughs) you know you know what i um so we watched rogue one a couple weeks ago last weekend what's the guy's name he's the blind guy he Uh, says the force is with me no what is it I am one with the force. The, the force, force is with me. Yeah. 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 I don't remember the And he walks name, out like into the sort of fire yeah. and he makes it all the way to be able to, to pull the, you know, switch that they need to mm. pull and blah, blah, blah. But it's like those moments, isn't it? It's like, yeah. we would all like to think that we, that we would, would be brave that. enough, but yeah. actually, yeah. And to this day, some, a friend of mine, well, I mean, I haven't seen him in ages, but I got a note from him and he still remembers the time when we were repelling and he was flipped upside down and he couldn't do anything. So basically it was just me holding another 220 pound dude <laughs> on this thin little rope and we're dangling up here. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you'd probably remember that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not surprised like, that he remembers remember? that. I was, yeah, I sure do remember. I had, you know, yes. But it's those things. I mean, you have those kind of moments where you're in that kind of situation, but the... Like in the, 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 yeah, the connection and, and the like. Um, other things that I get out of it, the excitement of it at all, I think there's a, a sense of, and I wrote joy and elation. Now, I guess there's a degree of difference between those, but there's a, there's a, you know, there's a sense of, like if I get to a top of a mountain, you look and you're like, ah, I'm, I've overcome this thing. Or yeah. I've completed this challenge. Um, and there's something, there's something in that um, for me. And I mentioned earlier about this sort of, release from the tyranny of time in a sense right um because well apart yeah. from if you your adventure requires you to be at certain checkpoints to catch something but apart from that 
um, if you don't have one of those, and it's yeah, you yeah, kinda, yeah. You kind of don't need your watch necessarily because you're telling it by the time. <laughs> you know what's funny about I'm just thinking about having kids as well mm. and being in the stage I'm at with them where they're you're sort of parenting quite young kids is there's a lot more that they find adventurous. And I yeah. think when you're around them, you know, like this, this is a silly example. I'm sure I could think of better ones, but we've just, you know, been watching star Wars with them for the first time. Mm. And so, you know, you have these moments where you know, what's coming, you know, you know, that the, you know, whatever, like we, we've been watching the, um, so we watched clone, uh, talk, no clone wars, Cl attack of the clones, whatever it is, the second one. Right. So of the new third, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The prequel. Anyway, prequels. And there's that moment where Yoda shows up, the Jedi are all surrounded by all the droid army and the, and the Jedi show up with the, or Yoda shows up with the clone army. Yeah. And you know, it, you know, we've all, we've seen it. And so Spoilers. we know it's coming. And, Spoiler and, alert. Yeah. Sorry. Well, if people don't know, then they're slow on the uptake for Star Wars. But, you know, it's like these things and then you, you watch them and they're like, yeah, you know, and they... So I think, but there's so many things like that. Like we're just and getting the us, kids. When I was a kid, th th those would be moments that then me and my friends would go out and try to recreate those. Yeah. And that's what we would be searching for. We'd be like, oh, let's go, let's go recreate that experience. That adventure. Yeah, yeah, that yeah sort of totally. Adventure. And this is, and, and uh, I hadn't, and we'll bring this one. It's called The Way of Adventure. And this one's by Jeff Saltz. And, and this kind of ties back into Helen Keller, perhaps, and that in their life is a, an adventure or nothing at all, but because he pushes the idea that adventure is a state of mind as much as anything else, and he calls it the um, what did I say to you? The 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 that adventure um, is an inner game or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So there's sort of an when you're on an adventure, there's sort of an openness to it, isn't it? Yeah. Like you have to be open to whatever's going to gonna exactly. come at you. Generally, you want to control things. Yeah. And eventually, you know, you don't know the outcome. But naturally, we want to know the outcome. You want to know when you get in your car to drive to work that you're going to get to the other end. So we want to have control over that. Um, in the sort of true sense of an adventure, you don't know whether you're going to make it to work or not. Yeah. By the route that you're going to go. Yeah. Um, or And and sometimes, and I've... I've I think, was it, yeah, it would have been this year. or Yeah, yeah, it was. And, and so, like, sometimes when I go to long, so you can put yourself in the right frame of mind. So I'm turning, returning back to this sort of space. Um, and I was recently going on a long journey. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, you know how you want to just have the control? I want to know. And if the motorway needs to move like this. And I got it this time to get here. I was just like, whoosh. Whatever happens, happens, and I'll eventually get wherever I need to get to. Right. And, just, and so my mind's a lot freer in that kind of space because I don't mind what happens. I know that I can do right. whatever sort of comes up. So I'm not trying to plan out and eliminate um, anything that could go wrong. So I'm not trying to control the situation. I'm just letting this situation unfold, unfold yeah. as, it, as it's meant to unfold. Um, and, you know, so... Uh, Jeff Saltz, although all of his big examples of all his giant adventures, but his main thing is it's in your mind and you can have an adventure mindset like, you know, I'm I just told Eva to pick my cake for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no idea. What no she was risk. Gonna, we're we're going to yeah. put that in the play. There's, a, there's no play risk zone. in that, except that I wouldn't have liked it. 
But it's that that mindset is. Have you ever met a cake you didn't like? Yeah, there's cakes I don't like. Really? Yeah, yeah it's mm, pies I don't sure. like. Not sure about me. Nah, no. Um, so, yeah, so the state of mind part of adventure is being able to um, see, well, back to what you were just saying. So we go back to what your kids, so for kids, when they go out, for them, they have a very curious mind. Um, I think they're to used to not knowing what things. to expect always either yeah. because a lot of experiences for them are brand new. Well, and that's so, it. so there's no expectation. Yeah. Um, so they're, and they haven't reached a point to where I know what that is. Yeah. Even though I don't know what that is, we yeah. just classify stuff. Doesn't I don't, because basically we come back to our time conversation, you know, to walk down the street, I got to get somewhere. So I don't have time in quotation marks to explore that alley or to go this way instead of going straight because we generally have some place to go. Whereas kids, you know, they, you know, unless the parents have forced them to get from, you know, they want, you know, come on, we got to get going. Yeah. Why, why are so you looking them, at me? No, I, well, right, you, <laughs> because you, this is how I always am. Yes. Well, no, it's well, just because, you know, you're the only one at this table with young kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've watched mine go through that stage and come out the other end of that. And, you know, adulthood yeah. kind of pushes some of that away. Um, and it's about, it's about how do you bring adventure into your everyday life is what Jeff Saltz's piece is about versus, uh, the column one, which is, you know, deliberately going out on a quest type adventure where you're going into the elements um, to do a thing and hopefully come back on the other side. Jeff's is about transforming your sort of mindset and looking at yeah. all the various things in your life and being curious about things and, f and following your curiosity and going out and trying new and different things that you don't know what they are, how you're going to react to them, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and it, and and the adventure doesn't have to be in some foreign land. Like I met people who don't realize what they have on their doorstep, so they think, "Oh, go to Wales or Snowdonia." Eh, or would they rather go somewhere that what they in their head is something exotic, or I don't know? Yeah, well, you know, a friend of mine is um has become a big marathon runner, and mm. I think you know people do a lot of adventure that they're. That is Class to two. me is the same thing. It's like that kind of pushing yourself and, yeah. and creating a challenge and then seeing if you can meet that challenge. Yeah. No, that's a lot that. of people's adventure and that's yeah. cool too. That's what I said. Well, I think that's what the column one about the four stages, isn't it? Yeah. So for, you know, or, doing, yeah, the yeah. Marathon, doing the marathon, those will be class two yeah. adventures, you know, yeah, they yeah. test your skill, they push your mental self. Yeah. There's, you know, yeah. There's a element of maybe risk, but it's not very high. So is life. And, and you're yeah. not very you know, yeah. fearful, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah cool. so I mean, those are, you know. I, I do have to say it's been a lot of years since I've, um, since I've really had travel adventure because of mm. course, you know, with little kids, you know, I've stopped going to India and I used to do all, you know, I used to travel. That was like my thing. Yeah. So I'm having a little bit and, and you know, my husband travels with work all the time because he does international development. So he's, you know, doing stuff all over the world yeah. at times. So, yeah, but I, I feel like I have more of an itch to, you know, get back out there and stuff. So the Camino will be the start of it. But it's still, you know, the Camino will be great. And it's an adventure in a sort of a mental way for me. And mm. I suppose physical challenge. Too, yeah. But, um yeah, it doesn't really fulfill the travel thing necessarily because it's still in Europe. It's still quite tame, you know, it's it, it, in that. I don't mean tame. I mean, um, familiar, you know, like when you're in the yeah. Western world, things are still 
Yeah. So not when that you, different. When you come off the trail in the Camino to sleep in the evening, it's usually in a town with, you know, the same sort of stuff you find in town. Well, you know, it's UK, just I think yeah. when when you go out to somewhere really different, like you go somewhere in Africa or yeah. in Asia or something and you see, oh, this is this is different, you know. Yeah. So yeah, okay. for me that's um I'll end with this um just some things again that you can get from adventure. This is from Colin's book where he says you can, it helps you to develop an awareness and respect and love for self. Um, there's the mental development aspect of it, physical development, emotional, um, something in there about the vitality and integrity of self. There's an unselfishness and compassion that you get, especially if you're doing sort of group aspects or in your situation yeah, where, yeah. you know, you're out and you having to rely on strangers um, and and this ties in with the humanity and courage piece. So these are the things um, that living a life of adventure can sort of give you and bring to you, make it, yeah, I suppose, a life fulfilling for you in that, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, good stuff. All right. I have to finish my plum tart now. We'll have to discuss <laughs> why you drink so much coffee. We'll get to the bottom of this. We'll get to the bottom. And listen, we must... listen in next week for well, the update. That's it. Why does Clay drink coffee so much? All right. Um, should we give a little shout out to some folks? Shout out to Dave. I know he's become a regular listener um, out there. And he said, what did he say on Twitter? That I've forgotten so much or something. Like that. Something about my memory. See, I can't even remember what he said. <laughs> he made a remark about my memory. My memory is shot, so I'll, I won't disagree that's to that. that. That's how um, <laughs> you have so many mental adventures. Is that what it is? Because I'm off, always off in my head somewhere on some, Why not? some kind of adventure or another. Um, yes. Cool. So, cool. all right. That's it.